Hey, this is Andrea, and you're listening to the City Heart Podcast. We hope that this series inspires you, challenges you, and propels you to dive deeper into your relationship with God. Enjoy the message. Man, let's take a look in Psalms 23 today as we continue this series, and it reads like this. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, right? Y'all know this. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I'm reading from the NIV. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Somebody need to hear that today, right? He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever forever. If you have something, leave it there in Psalms 23. Man, we're going to come back to that. Um, Let's take a look in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. We've actually looked at uh, this passage a little bit earlier in the series, but we're going to go a few uh, 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 lines before that, a couple of verses before that. Check it out. Matthew chapter 7, and we'll read in verse number 7. And it says this. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened." Verse 9 says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others that you would have them do to you. This sums up the law and the prophets. Verse 13, we've read this earlier, says, man, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. We're continuing this series, We Are Not Normal, and I'm teaching a message today called Sheep-ish. Sheep-ish. By your heads, let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for this day. Lord, it's a day that you have made, and Lord, we rejoice, and we are so glad in it, and we're so thankful, Lord, for this opportunity that we have to gather together, God. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives. God, I even thank you for what you're doing in the world and in our country right now. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you are still healing, even in the midst of death. Lord, that you are still, man, touching people, Lord, even in the midst of controversy and pandemics, God, that your word is still 
still going forth powerfully, God, that you're still moving on people's behalf, Lord, and you're giving us a reason to know you, God, and a reason to believe. And we are so thankful, Lord, thankful for all you're doing for us. God, we're thankful for your love. And Lord, as we take, man, these few minutes to dive into your word, Lord, I pray that you would, man, help it to sink in deep into our heart, into our hearts. Lord, help us to understand and know what your word says. Lord, help these verses to come alive in us that, Lord, not only that we should read them, Lord, but that we would do what your word says. Lord, touch us now. In this moment, let your Holy Spirit move. God, let me decrease that you might increase in this moment, Lord, that your word would go forth, Lord, with conviction and power that it would challenge and encourage us. Lord, we give you the glory for it. And it's in your son Jesus' name we say, amen. We're not normal, sheepish, right? If you've gained nothing else in this series so far, if there's nothing else that you've learned, I hope, I pray to God that you've heard me because I said it a million times. I hope you understand as believers in the falls of Jesus Christ that we are not normal. If there's nothing, if you, if you could just learn that phrase, we are not normal. As you look into the world and you see what is normalized, I hope that as believers that you understand that we as believers are not normal. We're not normal. And here's why. why It's because we choose and how we choose to live and, man, how we choose to conduct ourselves, how we choose to act and how we choose to speak, how we choose to react to different situations, right? How we choose to treat our neighbors, hallelujah, is different. It's different. We're not normal, right? The, the world's kind of depiction of normal right now, honestly, is cruelty. It's kind of saying whatever you want and doing whatever you want and living this way that is so out of bounds that we have no moral structure. We don't, man, we don't know what it, you know, man, we, we, there's, there's no, there's nothing containing us. There's nothing holding us. And so kind of everything is free game, but we are not normal. And so if the world says that's normal, right, then, then we have to, there, there, there's a different thing for us. There's a different way. There's a different path that we have to discover and we have to know for ourselves, right? Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but what? Be transformed, be changed by the renewing of your mind. That means every day I wake up, man, I should be renewing my mind. I should be changing my mind about what is normal. Because what, what happens is inevitably, right, the world seeps in through different ways, through television and phone and, and media and newspaper and news, man, 24-hour news networks, right? We, we are filled over and over again, right, with what the world says is normal. It has a way of seeping in and kind of, man, pulling us, trying to pull us into, right, what we know is not for us because we're not normal. And it's interesting, right? Because how the world sees us with our renewing our mind and our transforming, the world sees us as sheep. And not in the good way, <laughs> right? They see us as sheep. What does that mean? They think that we are just mindless followers. And all of a sudden, we have been brainwashed. We're zombies. We're walking around, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's all that we're doing, right? That's, that's how we, they think that's how we see the world or how we're approaching the world, that we're just mindless. And that 
following the Lord is somehow this mindless thing where there is just this detachment from all your brain into what you're doing. Now, somehow we, we don't know what we're eating now, and we don't know what we're drinking. We have no idea where we're going. We just want to be in church around these crazy people wearing masks. We're just mindless. Come on, y'all. Y'all hear me today, right? That's how the world thinks about us, that we're just sheep. Actually, you know what? We are sheep. But we're not mindless sheep, right? We're not just mindless followers, but actually we make a decision every day to follow God. This is a, it's a conscious choice that we're making of our free will to do and to follow the Lord. And look, some decisions that we make are going to be good. And some decisions that we make are going to be bad. But you know what? They're all decisions that we make. They're all decisions that we make freely. And so, man, and, and, and so as we're choosing, as we're choosing every day, as we're making decisions, whether it's the small kind of minute, my, my, minutiae decisions that you make, man, what am I going to wear? What am I going to eat? Like those types of things, right? But also even, right, for the, for the bigger ones, the bigger decisions that we're making, right, you know, those life-changing, life-altering choices that have a potentially eternal impact that... The difference for us and the difference that's in us is that when we make those big decisions, when we make those even daily choices, that we're making them from our faith or because of our faith. When when we make decisions, when, when we do anything, we're doing it because of the faith that we have. We're making a decision to believe. Despite what the world looks like, despite what the, nor- what the world says is normal, we're choosing to not be normal and to make decisions that, aligned, that are aligned with our faith, Good. that line up with what we believe, that we make decisions regarding our faith or that are initiated by our faith. And so, look, if you're far from God today, when you're far from God, one of the faith decisions, the first one that you'll ever make, right, is the choice of whether or not to believe in Jesus, That's a faith decision that you have to make. Man, am I going to trust him? Am I going to put my faith in this person that I'm told from the word lived on this earth? That is a faith decision that you make, right? You're having to to have faith in how he lived, have faith in how he died, and have faith in how he was resurrected, and have faith, right, in in choosing him, right, and and through him being in a full relationship with God. That's a decision that you make, And it's one that's made in faith, right? Or if you have an established relationship with God, if if you have a connection with him already, right, with God through Jesus Christ, then, then the choices go beyond just that initial belief. The choices then stem to my everyday decisions, and to the big decisions, right? And, 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 it, and it really, for us as believers, then goes to the place of choosing to believe God's promises. The, the promises that he gives in his word, why? Right? It's because his promises are available to those of us who believe. They're available to those of us who have faith. And so my initial act of faith, the initial act of faith I have is to come into relationship with Christ. And then once I make that initial step, the steps after that, the faith walk that I'll take after that is those, man, really based on the promises of God and what he says is available to me in Christ. 
Many of us, right, when making a decision to believe God promises, a lot of times, if we're honest, we're not faithful. We're not necessarily filled with a ton of faith when we're making some of these decisions. Can I get an amen right there, right? right. We're, we're, we're not as confident as we'd like to be. We're not as bold or assured or courageous as we really would desire to be. We're actually often very sheep-ish. We're sheep, but we're not as strong of sheep as we probably should be. And so our faith is sheep-ish also. What do you mean, PK? We love God. And we believe in him, right? But we often lack the confidence in what we believe God can or will do for us. We love, it's not that you don't love God. It's not that you don't believe in him. But when it comes to you, when it comes to decisions that you're supposed to make, man, it seems like our confidence is short. It's, it's not full on, right? We're not fully believing that he can and will do good for us. And it's to the point that we can almost, we can really be embarrassed or ashamed to ask God for things. Y'all hearing me today? We, we kind of get shy when it comes to asking for what we desire. We get shy really for even believing what he's already promised in his word is available to us. Right? Never mind believing for the big things, right? For the big dreams that you have, for the big goals. Man, just the stuff that he promised in his word. Sometimes we can be like, well, Lord, is, is that really for me? We are sheep-ish. And I found that, unfortunately, and I'm going to speak for myself too, right, that that has become a normal mindset for believers, that we really, we're sheepish. We kind of don't really fully believe that God will do what he said he will do that he's going to fulfill every promise given to you. Like we, 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 we don't sometimes, come on, be honest with me today, y'all. Sometimes we don't have the confidence that we should have in comparison to the type of God that we serve. But we're not normal. And I don't believe that God wants us to make him normal. Y'all hearing me? Like I, I, I know we're dealing with normal in the world, but sometimes we can try to make God normal. And God's not supposed to be normal. Here's what we believe. I told you every week that I give you what we believe in and, and why we believe it. So here's the what we believe because, man, this is, this is kind of the, this is the not normal statement. This is not what the world believes. Here's what we believe. We believe that the promises of God are true. And that not only are they, tr are they true, but that they're available to everyone that puts their faith in him and puts their faith into action. Let me say that again so you can hear me, right? We believe that the promises of God are true and that they're available to everyone that puts their faith in him, but also puts that faith into action. What are promises, PK, right? Promises are if-then declarations, Right? In math, they call it a conditional statement. I had to research that because I was never good at math. It's a conditional statement, right? It's kind of a, if you do this, then that will happen. 
My engineers in the room told me amen, so I know I'm on the right track, right? If you do this, then that will happen, right? Matthew 7, 7, 8, right? We see it walked out in the Word. We read it earlier. It says, ask, and it will be given to you, right? And, right? It keeps going, right? It says, seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you, right? For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Now, here you have three general promises given by Jesus in the word that are contingent upon you making a choice. These are three promises that we hear from Jesus say to his disciples that are contingent upon us making a choice, right? You have to make a choice to ask. If you're going to ask something, that's a choice that you made to ask for something, right? You have to make a choice to seek something out. You have to make a choice to knock, 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 right? You have to make a choice to knock. What this lets us know is that Man, the promise or any promise really is dependent upon your participation. It's dependent upon your participation. And so often, right, we want the promises of God fulfilled, right, but we want it to happen without our participation. God, I want want your promises. I want what your word says, but I don't want to do any of the work. Why? Because that requires me, Lord, to put my faith out there, and I don't want to do that. Well, God, can't, can't you just do it? Right? I don't know if y'all, y'all was a little kid, right? And somebody dare you to do something. Right? I was never the kid that went to do those things. I was dare somebody else. Hey, man, I dare you to do that. Right? And, and, and that's what would happen. Hey, and the person will come back like, man, why, why don't you do it? Right? They're trying to not get, they're trying to get out of it themselves. Why don't you go do it? Man, come on, can't you just do it? And sometimes it's like that with God. It's like, you know, we're saying, well, Lord, why don't you do this? And the Lord's like, why don't you do it? Why don't you do it? Why don't you do and participate in what I've given you? What God is waiting for is for us to exercise the power and authority that he's given to you. He's given us the power and authority to create the conditions that will allow him to fulfill the promises that he has for us. He's just waiting for us to go ahead and do it. Let me show you from the word Matthew 16, 19 says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Let me have this in the notes, right? Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. We read this before in a series. Whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So if you ask, if you seek, if you knock, then what? The conditions are met for the promises to be fulfilled. You have to do the if work. We are the if side of the equation. He is the then side of the equation, right? And so if we do our part, right, and coming to him in faith, then we see his promises fulfilled in our lives. In math, that's easy. In life, somebody said, well, PK, that's not that easy in life. That's not easy with, with what I'm struggling with, right? It's more difficult. Why? It's because the conditions that we're trying to meet in our situations, really, um, the, the faith we're trying to have, it's an internal heart condition that we're really dealing with. But we're doing that also faith with, faced with external world conditions, 
that are putting pressure on our hearts. They're, they're trying to, it's, it's trying to impress upon our hearts and convince us that God's promises are not for us, that his promises are not true. Why are you going over to that church and wearing a mask and getting thermometer checked? That doesn't even mean anything. Why are you going in and lifting up your hands and, and saying hallelujah to God? Man there's, man, there's nothing that God can really do. Man, it's just, it can just happen on its own. That's, those are the external conditions, right, that are trying to impress upon our hearts and convince us that his promises are not true and that his promises are not for us. And what are they made to do is to make us be sheepish. It's to make us, man, kind of crawl back from the confidence and assurance that we should have in what the Lord told us. So then faith is the answer for us to the internal heart condition, right, to the question really that we all ask ourselves in our mind. There's a question that we all ask, and you might not think you ask it, but you ask it. And the question is this, do I trust God? Do I trust God? What the external world condition is trying to manipulate and contort and twist in our hearts is that question. Right? We even see it in the Garden of Eden, right, with Adam and Eve. The, the enemy comes, comes to them and he says, well, did he really say that? And what's, what's happening is that they're, they're, we're having to answer an internal question in our hearts. Do I trust God? Do I trust that God is who he says he is? Do I trust that God will do what he says he will do? And here's what you're trying to do. You're trying to get your heart to work with your mind and get those two things to cooperate together. Because a lot of times, right, we can have faith in our hearts, but it's hard to get our minds to wrap itself around what our, what our heart is actually believing for. Sometimes it's hard for us to envision and to see and to understand things that our heart might actually be already trying to believe in. We're trying to get these two things to cooperate. Let me give you an example. Romans 10, 10, right? We know this. For it is with your, say it with me, heart that you believe. It is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. You're trying to get your heart and your mind to work together. Why? Because your mouth is going to say what your mind says. Well, pre-K, the word says, well, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. Very true. But also, what's in your mind can block what's coming from your heart. We can sometimes get so thought processed and so, man, and I do this myself, right? We can get to the place where we psych ourselves out in our minds of what our hearts know is true. And what can happen is what's coming out of our, what's in our heart should be coming on our mouths, but it takes a detour through our minds and what comes out is completely different than what we intend to say from here. Are y'all hearing me today? What we're supposed to be doing is getting these two things to work together. And if these two things are work, working together, if they, man, if they are in conjunction, then what comes out of my mouth will be the same as what's in my heart. Good. So before we can see and take hold of the promise that he has given to us, right, we have to make a conscious decision. Yeah. 
We have to make a choice in our heart and in our mind to trust God, to believe. You have to get both to work together. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, it says, now faith, I'm reading from the NKJV, right? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things not seen. So when I'm asking, when I'm seeking, when I'm knocking, I'm actually doing so from a place of faith and belief. Before I go to ask, I've already developed the faith in my heart to go ask. When I go seek, I've already developed the faith in my heart, right, to go seek and believing that I'm going to find what I'm seeking. I believe that I'm going to get a response to what I'm actually asking for. I mean, I believe that the door is going to be open when I go and knock, but that starts before I even go and knock on the door. I'm already believing for what's on the other side of the door before I even take the action, but you have to take the action. Yeah. Matthew 21, 22 says, it says, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. If you believe, you're going to receive. That's all that's If you believe, right? Again, this is an if-then situation. If you believe, then you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. The promise is dependent on our participation. And look, when we participate, then the conditions are met for the promises to be fulfilled. And look, that starts for all of us, right, at that point in promise of salvation. Romans 10, 9 says, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you declare, right, and believe in your heart, then, right, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And as Scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. And I know that for many of us, our lack of faith in God isn't just a lack of knowledge about what his word says or necessarily you know, um, a desire to even be in the world. For a lot of us, it comes back to that question, again, do I trust God? Do I trust God? Do I trust that God is who he says he is? Do I trust that God will do what he says he will do? And when it comes to feelings of shame, the fuller question that, that, that we're asking is not just do I trust God, but really we're asking do I trust where God is going to lead me? Do I trust where he's going to lead me? And the reason we have a hard time with where he leads us is we're still trying to nail down who God is. It's hard to follow somebody you don't know. It's hard. We don't like to do that. Let you go into a city or to a country that you don't know. It's, sometimes it's difficult, right? You, they have times when, where I know people that do mission trips, where you just get to hang out with the person that's going to be your tour guide. They want you to get to know them before you get there. Why? So that when you get there, there's a level of trust that's built so that when they're leading me around this country that I don't know, I'm trusting that they're not going to lead me into somewhere that's crazy. We don't know who God is, right? Is God angry? Is he mean? Does he even care what's going on in my life or in the world right now? Is he even listening when I try to talk to him or, or to ask what's going on? Am I, am I crazy for believing in him? 
I mean, I can't see him. Is, man, is he even there? Come on, y'all. These are the questions that people are asking. These are questions that we ask ourselves as believers. Lord, are you, are you there? Are you even listening to what's going on in my life? Do you even, man, do, Lord, do I even really believe in you? How you interact and, and with and trust God, how you interact with and how you trust God is going to be dependent upon your perspective of who he is. Right? It's that, again, it's that heart and mind cooperating together. And look, of course, there are dozens of perspectives through which you can understand who he is, right? And you can, but, and you can see his character in action, but look, let's focus on just one, right? There's, God has so many different amazing characteristics that we can focus on today, but let's focus on one. We're just going to focus on one today, right? Here's the one I want you to focus on, right, so that you know why you can trust him. I right? read it earlier, Psalms 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. So what, that's, that's the perspective we're going to take a look at God today. The Lord is my shepherd, right? If the Lord is my shepherd, then that means that I am a sheep. That I am a sheep. And I, and I have to be okay with that, of being a sheep. Even when the world says, well, being a sheep isn't normal. You're crazy. saying, you know what? I'm, I'm a sheep. I'm good. Because I know what a sheep really means. I know, I know what you say a sheep means, but I know who I really am. And I know who he made me to be. And so what does a sheep do? A sheep follows a shepherd, right? And what does a shepherd do? It tends to rears and guides sheep, right? So Psalm 23, again, says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. What does a sheep do here, right? He's tending to rearing and guiding a sheep. Verse 2 says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. All of this is amazing. All of this is exactly what we would want a shepherd to do in our lives. If we're going to be sheep, I want to trust that I have a shepherd that's leading me in this way, and this is who we have in God. This is the type of shepherd that he is for us. And if you can get your mind and your heart in agreement with this perspective, man, that's going to be amazing. And it's going to help you when trials come and circumstances happen. You're saying, oh, wait. I know what the world is saying, but I also know who my shepherd is. And my shepherd is one that leads me beside quiet waters. The, my shepherd is the one that refreshes my soul. My shepherd is the one that leads me on paths of righteousness for his name's sake, right? That's the shepherd that I know. And I love this part. And the Lord showed this to me this week, and I was like, it's one of those pew moments, right? Psalms 23, 6 says this. Surely your goodness and love, key words here, will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And that sounds really good, too. And in all the years that I've read this verse, and I've quoted this verse a gazillion times in my life, right? I remember being in Sunday school and, and primary school and, and having to recite the Lord's Prayer over and over and over again, right? In Psalms 23, right? Having, having to say this over and over again so, so many times. But here's the thing that I didn't know. Here's a fun fact for you today from PK's message. I didn't know that shepherds lead their sheep from behind. Did you know that? I did not know that. 
And I was like, whoa, because I'm, I'm reading this verse, and I said, well, follow me. Like, well, why, why, would, why would these things follow me and not lead me? Because a lot of times what we want, we want goodness, and, and, and we want love to lead us into where we're going. Are y'all hearing me today? But actually it says, surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And so I said, well, Lord, why are you saying follow me here? And he was like, go watch a video on how shepherds actually herd their sheep, how they lead their sheep. And they lead their sheep from behind, not from in front, right? Okay, right. Let me, let me show you, right? So I want to give y'all the aha moment that I had, right? Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. It says, now faith is confidence. I'm reading from the NIV this time. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Lord, if I'm walking into a situation and if, man, before me, I don't have goodness and mercy, but it's actually behind me, right? Then, then what am I doing? He's saying, actually, you're having faith and confidence in what you're hoping for, what's in front of you. But actually, you have assurance by in what you actually cannot see. That's where your faith is coming from. It's in the things that I can't see. Why? Because my shepherd is behind me, correcting my path. Because we can't see all that God is doing, right, we have a hard time putting our faith in him. God, well, I want to see that step. And God's saying, actually, no, I want you to take that step. Well, God, man, I, I want to, Lord, am I supposed to move to this city? God, I, I want you to, to give me signs and miracles and wonders. I'm supposed to move to the city. No, the Lord said, I want you to move to that city. You get some faith and confidence in your heart that you're supposed to take that job. You get some faith and confidence in your heart that you're supposed to take, have that career. And what am I going to do? There's going to be some things that you can't see, but it doesn't mean I'm not doing my job. Oftentimes, our minds can't compute what our hearts are asking us to have faith in. And it's hard for us to trust that the steps we're taking are the right ones. But look, he is there with goodness and mercy, correcting our course from behind if and when, right, we get off. Genesis 17, 1, right? We have this encounter between God and Abraham, right? He says, look, says this, Genesis 17, 1 says, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. I am the El Shaddai, right? And look what he says next, walk before me. I was like, Lord, this is crazy. <laughs> walk before me faithfully. That's what we're supposed to do. Sometimes we think, man, we're going to walk because every step's going to be lined out for us. But actually, he's saying, I want you to walk before me in faith and be blameless. So often, because we don't see steps in front of us, well, then I can just act how I want to act. He's saying, actually, no, I want you to take steps of faith before me and live a life that is honored and dedicated to me as well. Walk in a way that is blameless, right? And look what he says after that. Verse 2 says, then I will. Can y'all see? And this is another if-then statement. Then I will make my covenant. This is a promise of God that he's given to Abraham. I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abraham steps out in faith, right, doing something that was, I'm 99 years old, Lord. 
I ain't supposed to be doing all the stuff I'm doing right 99 years old, believing that I'm going to conceive a child. But look, that's what the Lord can do. He can take what seems impossible and make it possible if we just have some faith. I choose to have faith in a shepherd that keeps his promises because of his faithfulness to me. He's with us taking care of our needs, right? He's, he's establishing the way and following behind us, right, with goodness and mercy if we falter. So it's okay to have faith in the promises of God. It's okay to have faith for the desires of your heart. It's okay to pray for your dreams and goals. It's okay to believe for those things that stretch your faith. You should not be sheepish in your faith. We serve an almighty God. We serve the El Shaddai, a God that is capable of fulfilling the things, everything that you need. And we have a shepherd in God who is on the job getting it done even when we can't see him. Even when we can't see him moving or working, he's on the job getting it done. He's so faithful. Right? That's why in Matthew 7, he says, look, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? A lot of times because we can't see God kneading the dough, right? We think that God is not, he's going to make gold. You're going to give me something wrong because I can't see every single step thing that you're doing before I take this step. And he's like, I'm, I'm your shepherd. Am I going to give you something wrong? I'm not going to give you a stone, or if you ask for a fish, I'm not going to give you a snake. And sometimes the perspective of the world that we normalize in ourselves is that God is not going to give us the good things that he promised in his world. He's saying, look, I'm going to give that to you. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who participate and ask him? It's not normal in this day and age to have leadership that is faithful and responsible and trustworthy. I get that. I get that's why we have such trepidation and we believe that we're going to fall into shame. But we trust God. We are his sheep and, and we are making conscious decisions to follow him because we trust his leading even when we can't see him doing it even if it's a way that doesn't seem normal, that doesn't seem how, man, the way we should go. So, man, the Lord, right, he, he says in Matthew 17, look, I'm telling you to go through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and everybody goes through that gate. I'm asking some people in this season, I know there is a big wide gate over there that you could walk through and it's easy, but that's the normalized gate and you are not normal. I'm asking you, and as your shepherd, I'm saying, take the narrow gate. And it's hard because we can't see what's on the other side of the narrow gate. But he's saying, look, go ahead. I'm behind you, leading you through a way that's going to bring you promise and blessing to your life. It's a road. It's a gate. It's small, but it leads to life. There's a, there's a, this wide gate is going to lead you to destruction. And you've seen that over and over again. Sometimes we get in this herd mentality of following what everybody else is doing. As believers, we are called to do the opposite, to not do what's normalized, 
to be not normal, and that is okay. We believe that the promises of God are true and that they're available to everyone that puts their faith in him and into action. Why do we believe it? He is the almighty God. He's the El Shaddai. He's our faithful shepherd. So we don't have to be sheepish in how we approach God in faith. It's perfectly okay for us to be his sheep and to follow him fully. Bow your heads, let me pray for you, Lord. I thank you. I thank you for this opportunity to share your word, to share on faith. Lord, to share about your, your, your bountiful blessings, God, and your promises that are available to us. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, to grow in our faith. Lord, that we would seek to understand you and know you and know your character and your heart so that when it's time for us to, to, for our hearts and our minds to cooperate, that that's not a hard task, that the outside external forces that are trying to weigh in on us don't outweigh, God, the, the, the good things that we know that you've promised us that you're going to do for us, God. Lord, let our hearts become strong. Let our faith become stronger, that we would know you and walk with you in a way that would lead us into the blessings that you've promised for us, God. Into the big dreams and the big goals that we have and that you desire to give to us and that you will fulfill if we would only participate in the promise. Lord, if there's anybody that's watching today, look, if you're watching today, and you've never taken that initial step of faith, if you've never put your trust in Jesus and, and, and the fact that he lived and that he died and that he rose again for your sins and on your behalf so that you might be able to live a free life, we wanna give you an opportunity right now to, make, to take that initial step of faith so that you can begin to ask for those greater promises that God has for all of us. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to lead you through, man, this prayer of salvation. And I want all of us to pray it if, if you don't know the Lord, if you don't have a relationship with him, or maybe you did and you stepped away from God. And you, you allowed those external forces to weigh on you and it pushed you out of his kingdom. It pushed you out of his presence. But you know it's time for you to return because you know that his promises are true. If you don't know him or if you did know him and you're away and you're ready to come back, I want to give you an opportunity right now to put your trust in him again, to, to answer that heart question. Y'all, let's pray this prayer together. Man, let's make this conscious decision again together to put our trust in God. Say it with me loud. Say, Lord, I thank you for loving me. I thank you for caring about me. I thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sin and my shame and my guilt. I choose to follow you. I choose to be your sheep. Forgive me, Lord. I choose you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Look, if you prayed that prayer today, I want you to know that you are saved and that you 
have a relationship with God. And he, what he wants more than anything is for you to build that relationship up. It's not by any great things that you're going to do, but it's by, man, you coming and connecting with other people who are on the same path that you're on and doing the same thing. And I want you to know that you have a church family that's ready to help you down this path that we don't want you to do by yourself. Man, we're, we're here for you. We're, we're here to connect with you and to love on you and to help guide you, Lord, into the place that God has for you. Man, I, I pray that you were blessed by this message. Thank you for listening to this message. If you want to hear more about this series or learn more about our church, check us out at cityheartjackson.com or follow us online at cityheartjxn.